you're able, please stand. That's how we honor, the, one of the ways in which we honor the reading of God's word here. We're going to begin reading at verse 8. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Everybody shout, remember. remember. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest. Shout rest. Yes. Dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. Shout amen. Please be seated. Please be seated. God, work a miracle in this moment of teaching and preaching. In Jesus' name, amen. Or I should say miracles. Uh, let's jump right into this uh, series. And first of all, uh, the big ideal as it relates to this commandment, keep the Sabbath. Everybody shout, keep the Sabbath. Uh, is really found in the word Sabbath itself. Uh, uh, the word itself means to, to, to cease from work uh, or to vacate. That's my phrasing of it, to vacate from work. This notion that uh, you ought to have kind of a mini vacation each week, not just on the course of a uh, once a year or so. Or one could translate it to simply mean stop. Everybody say stop. And... Uh, it's, it finds its grounding in the Genesis text, the story of creation, and we find it here in verse 11. It's, it uh, is referred to uh, in this verse. It says six days. Uh, the Lord uh, uh, labored to create the heavens, the earth, and the seas, but on the seventh day, he rested. Inside of this text is this notion of motion, motion, or my word for it is rhythm, rhythm, rhythm. This rhythm of six days of work, then rest. So on the one hand, the Bible is affirming the importance of working. Uh, and so uh, when Pastor Tilden talks about thou shalt not steal, a few weeks from now, he'll pick back up on that point. But uh, tell you next to, tell your person next to you, it's good to work. Tell somebody, it's good to work. <laughs> six days you shall work. Uh, and in that context, from sun up to sundown. But then the seventh day, rest. So it's this rhythm that's moving from work to rest, from work to rest. Secondly, the word rest in this context as it relates to God, as God is modeling for us how God wants us uh, to live our lives, lives of, uh, of high quality and deep joy. Uh, uh, this notion of rest is not just a matter of being still, but rather it is this notion that after God had created everything, uh, the heavens as the earth and the seas and sun and the stars and the mountains and the trees and the butterflies and the birds and the flowers that are blooming, that when God rested, it, such, it suggests that God actually engaged with the creation, that he, he, actually, he actually enjoyed, just took some time to enjoy uh, God's self through what God had created. So he was enjoying uh, the work of creation. 
enjoy. That's a good point because a lot of us are, are, how should I say, a lot of us are running through life, but we're not living life. We, we are, uh, some of us have spent a lot of money to buy nice cars, but we don't enjoy those cars. I mean, we jump in and we jam from house to work, right? And we're, uh, and we're caught in traffic and we're, we're, you know, we're fighting and fussing with the traffic and then we get to work and then we get back and we jam in the car and we, we you know, we, 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 we race to some other meeting, we race back home and, and no, but we're not really enjoying, nobody, uh, not many of us are just saying, you know, I'm just going to go for a ride. I'm going to enjoy this car. I'm going to enjoy how it, how it, how it, how it hovers on the road. I'm, I'm going to enjoy the, 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 you know, I'm going to enjoy all of the stuff that's inside of the car, the Bluetooth and this and that. And while I enjoy it, I'm going to thank God for it. Not many of us do that. We don't do that that often. We don't do that often. And here we are living in sunny California. And... Uh, when I was in Boston, I used to love to come vacate here in sunny California. Why? Because in Boston, 56% um, of the time was cloudy and cold and dark. But come to California. <laughs> Sun and shining and warmth and all of that. But how many of us actually enjoy it? I mean, truth be told, isn't it so that most of us spend our our days in our offices or on our workplace, we get there early in the morning, we work all day long, and, and we don't, none of the, all the sun is happening, we don't, we're not engaging that. When we get out, we're on our way home, and before we get home, we're going to stop by the, the, the grocery store to pick up some groceries, and, and by the time it's all finished, the day is gone. You know, here I have a little deal that I have started at our office. We have these chairs, and uh, so I've started having meetings outside. So I take the chairs, we go outside, we sit up under the shade tree, and of course, since, you know, I'm the boss, they have to come. So, <laughs> but it's this country part of me, right? You know, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, my wife is there, she said, you're just being country, but no! I want to enjoy, and it's amazing how we get outside on the yard, and we sit up under the tree, and it just changes the environment, and while I'm meeting, deep down inside, I'm thanking God for the health and the strength and the energy to be outside, to be here in California, to enjoy this. That's the blessing of the Sabbath. It's not just that we ought to check out of work, but it is that we ought to check into God. Now, I'm going to talk a lot about resting, and some of you, the reality is you do rest, but it's mindless rest, right? You're binging on a series, or, uh, <laughs> you know, you're on a computer playing games. It's mindless rest. So the Sabbath is challenging us. He says, I want you to rest, but I want you to do it in a way that causes you to engage and to enjoy God and to enjoy the goodness of God with a consciousness of the goodness of God in your life. So, the commandment to keep the Sabbath is a gift. Everybody shout gift. Yes. It's a gift. 
the gift. If you're, if you're popping anazics uh, uh, because of your, your acid reflux, you probably get the clue of why it's a gift. If you're pumping coffee and it's not just, you know, because you just enjoy to go and relax and have a nice cup of coffee over at, at Pete's place uh, as a connoisseur of coffee, but you're pumping coffee to keep you awake because you're working 12, 13 hours a day, you got a sense of why this would be a gift. Let's jump into it. Three basic reasons why uh, this is a gift. Uh, uh, a few years ago, I went to Israel. And when Friday evening came, I forgot that it was Sabbath. In the Jewish context, Sabbath starts Friday evening, goes to Saturday evening. But the shift that took place was totally unnoticeable. Uh, uh, total, totally noticeable, rather. I couldn't miss it. I couldn't help but notice it, is the point I'm making. Uh, because all of a sudden, at a certain time, when the sun went down, couldn't get a cab, couldn't exchange any money, stores were closed. In the meantime, the streets filled up with people laughing, dancing, celebrating. I mean, it was just, it was, a, it was awesome. It was, it was amazing. I learned later that in various homes around the community, people were having what they call a Shabbat dinner. So the family was gathering, not just the immediate family, but son-in-laws and daughter-in-laws and grandchildren all would gather. They were lighting candles. They were reading scripture. They were having a meal together. They were celebrating. They were meeting in synagogues all around, having Shabbat worship services together. And, and the whole atmosphere shifted. And it's quite amazing being in a place like that where the whole community is operating like that. It, it, it was uh, weird. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't used to that. I'm an American. Friday night. <laughs> but there was this notion of letting your hair down, of, of kind of de-stressing, of, of kind of hanging out with family and, and in the center of it, even though a lot of it was secular, but in the center of it was this, this there was a real notion of, 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 of discerning, acknowledging and engaging and thinking and appreciating the goodness of God. That's the point of the Sabbath. It's designed to help shape our souls. That's why God gives it. All right, now keep that in mind, and then keep in mind also that when God gave this commandment to the children of Israel, they were formal slaves. They were at the foot of the mountain, and Deuteronomy chapter, 5, uh, chapter 5, verse 15, puts, goes through the same commandment that I just read, but the footnote in verse 15 is unique. It talks about this notion of slavery. Watch what it says. It says, uh, it says remember, everybody shout, remember. This is the only commandment that starts off with remember. In this context, it's twice. Remember that you were once slaves. And the Lord your God uh, brought you out with a strong hand and mighty arms. And this is why. Everybody say, this is why. If you're in your Bible, you underline that. This is why the Lord your God has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath. This is why. What? It's connected to this notion of slavery. What do you mean? Well, prior to this, 
the children of Israel, the nation of Israel had spent generations growing up in slavery. And you know, slavery was in that context. That as soon as you were able to walk and, 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 and run, you started to work. And you worked from sun up to sundown, and you worked seven days a week, and you worked and you worked and you worked until you died. As a matter of fact, your value was connected to how well you worked. Your identity was built in as a slave, whether you were a good slave or a bad slave, based on your level of productivity. And if you produced greater, if you worked harder, uh, you were more valued than others. And it was tied to slavery. Not unlike some of us today, right? I mean, if the truth be told, our jobs tend to enslave us. On the one hand, sometimes our jobs tend to enslave us to some of the other commandments we've just worked through. Idolatry. Uh, in, in some sense, our jobs, if you're not careful, will cause us to turn the job into God, work into worship, so when you work, worship the God job, you always have to make a sacrifice. And what we often sacrifice happens to be our family, our kids, our health. You know, sacrifice for more money, more promotion. But what are we really sacrificing? The Sabbath is an anti it, 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 is, it, is, it, is a, it is a counterculture. It is, I, mean, I mean, you really want to stand out in Silicon Valley, keep the Sabbath. Keep the Sabbath. So, what God is saying, I command you to keep the Sabbath because I want you to remember that you used to be a slave but now you're no longer a slave. So when I keep the Sabbath, I am reminded that I'm actually, because of what God has done, and as a Christian, because of what God has done through Jesus Christ in my life, I'm actually free, right? I'm free from idolatry. I'm free from materialism, hopefully. I'm, I'm free from the other people's expectation that drives me to work 14 hours a day. He says, remember, you used to be a slave, but now your identity is in me. Keep the Sabbath and remember, you're free. And secondly, it's designed to help us to stay free. Because if, if, I, if I keep the Sabbath, every Sabbath I'm reminded who God is. I'm reminded where my identity is. I'm reminded what's the most important things in life. It just helps me to Stay free. Well, back in Egypt, they had a pharaoh. And what God is saying is, I brought you out of slavery, but it's hard to get the slavery out of you. What God is saying is, back in Egypt, you had a pharaoh, but the way you're designed, your nature, your broken nature is of such that even if you don't have a pharaoh in your contemporary life, you will become your own pharaoh. Because Pharaoh drove the people with whips and stuff. And we drive ourselves. And the problem is that not only do we drive ourselves to a breaking point, but we drive our staff and our teams to breaking point, And we drive our children to breaking point, And we drive our spouse to breaking point. You see, we just, you, you know, we, we become our own Pharaohs. 
and you know that you were in college and young high schools, here's a great lesson to learn today. If you can learn this now, it'd be great. You know, let your first priority be God, learn to trust God, and so you do the best you can in your work, then you rest. It's space to trust God. So, lastly, keeping the Sabbath creates margin, it creates space for us to do other things than just work so that we can enjoy life but enjoy God through God's creation. I'll come back to that in a minute. So what day should I be keeping? When is the Sabbath? In the Jewish context I told you it was Friday evening to Saturday evening and for Christians Jesus rose on the first day of the week which for the Jews happens to be Sunday morning. This was brought home to me in a very dramatic way. Uh, I was in, uh, in Israel during that same trip. Sunday morning we got up, we wanted to go visit the, uh, the tomb where Jesus had been buried. And me and my team, we tried to get across, and I was leading the team, we was trying to get across a big street, kind of like if you're in San Francisco, it's Van Ness Street, or if you're driving through Mountain View, Sunnyvale, it's El Camino, you know, it's a big street. And it's Sunday morning, I'm trying to get, but it hadn't dawned on me that it's rush hour traffic. Because I'm thinking it's Sunday, so this really doesn't make any sense. But of course, for them, it's like our Monday. So they're blown and get out of the way. Ba, 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 ba. It's like I was in New York. <laughs> and then it hit me. Wow. This is the first day of the week. But when Jesus got up from the dead, the, the, the early Christians who were Jews uh, said, you know what, all things are new, and we're going to name Sunday, the first day of the week, the Lord's Day. And so they shifted a thousand years of, acti- of, of kind of Sabbathing on Saturday to Sunday, and so it became known as the Lord's Day. This is our sacred Sabbath day, technically speaking. 326, I think it is, 21, Constantine, the emperor, was said to have been converted to Christianity, and so he made the official lord, he made Christianity the legal religion of the, of the Roman Empire, and he made uh, Sunday, the Lord's Day, the day off. 1,400 years later, America's trying to figure out what's the appropriate day off. It's Jewish citizens are arguing for Saturday. It's Christian citizens are arguing for Sunday. So America decided to compromise, and we got two days. <laughs> Saturday and Sundays. You see how blessed we are to be in this place. God said you got one and we, and through America we get an extra day. The remarkable question for some of us is what are we doing with our extra days? Those of us on the way out, we should take a few moments and thank the people. There are about 300 volunteers who give up a portion of their extra day on Sunday morning to serve us. Our host and our greeters and the folk who are going to meet you in hospitality. And if you dropped your kids off, the kids, people who are teaching and training our kids. And, and the people who set up all these, the sanctuary and set up all these rooms. They got here at 6 o'clock this morning. And the folk who are working the, the letters on the screen so you can follow my notes. These are all volunteers who say, you know what? Here's how I'm going to spend my Sunday morning. I'm going to spend it serving God by serving the people of God. Can we celebrate all of the volunteers who make this happen? Thank you.
And so, uh, so this big debate about, well, are we bound to the, to the Sabbath law? And do, do this, you just said Saturday, seven-day Adventist, it was Saturday. Uh, but the rest of us, it's Sunday. And, and somebody in here, a number of you in here said, well, I actually work on Sunday. So, you know, at my job, I have to go to work. It's not like I can't go to work. So I get off on Tuesday and on Wednesday. And, uh, uh, what, you know what, 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 what? Well, Paul answers that question. Romans chapter 14, verse 5. We throw it up on the screen. This is what, this is what Paul says in a really uh, effective way. He says, essentially says, you know, like in the same way, uh, some of you think that one day is holy and another day, uh, one day is more holy than another day. While others think every day is alike. You should each be fully convinced, shout, fully convinced, that whichever day you, what? choose is what so when should our sabbath day do well if you can have on sunday that's awesome but if you can't have on sunday what paul is saying choose a day and dedicate it to the lord that's what he's saying choose a day dedicate it to the lord all right, so that gets us back to our text. So we can live out the, the teaching of the text, which begins by saying, remember to observe the Sabbath day. Choose a day, Paul would say, so that you can observe the Sabbath day. Uh, to observe the Sabbath day, which is a day that has, uh, uh, to observe the Sabbath day by making it holy. Now, the word holy means to set it aside, to set it apart. Essentially, what the teaching is of the text is this. If you've got seven days in your week, all seven days shouldn't look the same. You all have maybe six days that look, if we say with the biblical text, six days that look like hard work, so forth and so on. But there ought to be one day that looks differently. It's been set aside. It's been dedicated to God. Now, you know, humanity has just added to this stuff, right? So the Jews took that commandment, which I really believe that God was really talking about the labor of work, architect, or, or trade, and and agriculture and all of that because remember he says like God made the heavens the earth uh, and the seas in six days he's talking about God laboring right that's what he's really referring to but as a way of trying to get people to make it special they added all these extra rules to it because in the Talmud you know you can't walk long distances you can't cook food that you have to prepare even today the most conservative Jews won't ride an elevator because you push the button it makes the Electronic work. I won't open the refrigerator with the light in it because light comes on. There's work. This is most conservative. Now, the hardest, right? Their way of trying to set aside it. The challenge is they made it a universal rule. And when I was growing up, we had our own way of doing it. The church was, uh, Sabbath was Sunday, of course. And when you know, there was just Sunday was defined by what I couldn't do. <laughs> That's how I understood Sunday, right? Sunday was like, like, like uh, uh, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't shoot marbles. I couldn't play cards. Come on, I, I, uh, uh, you know, uh, I couldn't, couldn't go, to, certainly couldn't go to no party because me, I couldn't go to party anytime. Uh, <laughs> you know, all of these, all of these, all these, you know, couldn'ts and, and shouldn'ts. There's only one thing I could do, go to church. And we were in church all day. And now in retrospect, I get it. Since we couldn't do nothing else, we went to church. <laughs> but the heart was right. Because here's the point. 
How do you make it? How do you make it holy? How do you set your day aside so it's not like every other day of work, of computers and of phones? How do you set it aside so that you're really fully engaged in trying to see who God is and what God is doing in your life and acknowledging that and connecting with people and relationships? How, do, how does it look different? How do you make it different? And, 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 and I think the teaching is it, it doesn't have to be the same for everybody, right? For example, if you're an introvert, you're going to treat Sabbath different than if you're, an, if you're an extrovert. If you're an introvert, you want to get away from people on the Sabbath. Right? Because that's how you renew. That's how you, that's how you energize. So you want to you go out by the lake or by the stream or go in your house or go somewhere and read and meditate and, and, and just be by yourself. You're going to fill up on energy. But if you're an extrovert, you're going towards people, right? Like me. I'm looking for people. I go to Starbucks looking for people. <laughs> So we're shaped different. But how do you make it? What's your day? And, and I think the older people had it right. You know, it's not the day that you do all the cooking and the cleaning and all that kind of stuff. Because that's really not Sabbath. That's work. So let's give you a quick impact. Right quick. Uh, we'll do through here. Because uh, I want to just drill down a little bit real quickly. So here's the passage. It says... Uh, uh, keep it holy. Keep it apart. It says, uh, you have six days to do ordinary work during the course of the week. The seventh day is the Sabbath day. Set aside, dedicated towards God. That's what the text says. It says, so uh, on that day, no one in your household should be doing any work, any labor. I think the, the word, real word there is just labor. It's just going out and farming and, and, and trading and all that. That's what it's really talking about. Don't do that. Right? Everybody has a day off. That's what the text is talking about. It says you. And it says this includes you, your son-in-law. I mean, you, your sons and your daughters, your, your male and female servants, your livestock. Come on, any, any foreigners who's living among you, everybody gets a day off from labor, from work. What does that do? That opens up space. Opens up margin. Not just for you to be mindless. Right, Paul says uh, in Ephesians chapter 5, says, uh, be careful how you walk or live. Don't, don't live like fools, but live like the wise. Right? Uh, making the most of every opportunity. That's the notion there is redeemed. For the days are evil. Then it says, so don't be thoughtless, but seek to understand what God's will is. Sabbath gives us a space to be thoughtful. So number one, it gives us space to reconnect with and nurture relationships. All right. First, it's an opportunity to, to worship God. Everybody say worship God. Here's one way, here's a quick way I like to talk about it. We stop working on the Sabbath so we can reflect on the work that Jesus has done on our behalf. 
And when he died on the cross, he declared it is finished. He says that if you will, he says, come to me, all ye who are heavy laden and heavy burdened. We're trying to prove yourself. We're trying to work your identity out in your job and in the world. He says, come to me and I will give you what? Rest, right? A Sabbath rest. I'll give you, I'll give you. Because when he died on the cross, he said, it's finished. When you get ready to stand before the principal, Jesus says, I'll give you my report card. Not yours, mine. It's finished. That's the righteousness that we get from Christ. That's a free, isn't there a freedom in that? It's not a freedom to be stupid and go do crazy things, but it's a freedom that sets us free from the guilt and the shame and just keep working at being who God has called us to be. Restfully. Part of the text. All right, so we worship, we bless God, we're reminded of that when we come. Secondly, we bless people. We connect with Jesus and, and the people of God. Secondly, the next point is we uh, rejuvenate. Here's where I want to drill down at. We rejuvenate or replenish, and I'm going to add a word that's not in the, in the notes. We replenish and shape our souls. Everybody say shape. All right, the three ways in which we do this on a Sabbath day because we've opened up space. Let me begin with this. Uh, one is reflection. Everybody say reflection. I mean, the fact of the matter is we all do crazy stuff all the time. And one of the things, crazy things we do is that we work ourselves to death. So, open up space to begin to ask yourself the question, why is keeping the Sabbath so hard? Why can't I turn off my phone? Why do I have to stay connected to the computer? And start asking yourself these reflective questions. You know, we don't say to some, well, some people might say this. We shouldn't say, well, if I lie a little bit, it's okay. Some folks actually do say that, but you shouldn't say that. Let me give you another one. Some folks say, well, if I kill two or three people, it's kind of okay. Uh, most of us don't say that. So, when it comes to the Sabbath, it's like, well, if we keep it, it's okay. If we don't, no, 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 no. God says, no, 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 no. In that space, you know why we don't want to have space to think? Because we have to face oftentimes our brokenness. And we hear ourselves talking to ourselves. This is why in the Sabbath space, you got to, you know, create space. If you can't get here on the Sunday, you get here on the Sunday. If not, you pull up this, the message on the video uh, uh, so that you can have God speaking back to you and remind you who you are in Jesus Christ. Because in the silence of Sabbath space, we are afraid of what we hear ourselves say about us. That's why we keep working. Oh, we're trying to control more than what we should control. And we're reminded in the Sabbath space that at the end of the day, if we are God, then we don't let God be God. So when we ask tough questions, we have to shape our soul and God invites us into a place to reflect or to ask others tough questions. Everybody shout, reflect. But we reflect in this notion of God is not just binging out on TV. It's, 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 it's how, do we, how do we see God? Secondly, uh, there is recreation. Everybody shout recreation. Man, go have fun, right? Just have a ball. But first of all, do it in a way to glorify God. But secondly, 
Do it in a way that reminds you. It doesn't matter when you're playing tennis. I, I, I do this regularly, and I, partly because I have to deal with so many people who have cancer and so many people who have died, uh, that every day that I wake up, I'm just so conscious of what a gift life is, and I'm so conscious of how blessed I am to be able to walk out my apartment on my own two legs, and I'm so conscious of what a gift it is that I'm not in the hospital, or if I'm going to the hospital, I'm blessed that I'm not passing in the hospital, I'm passing through the hospital, you see, you see, and so, and so I've, I've begun to cultivate the Sabbath sense almost every day. I, reali I realize the goodness of God. But it starts with having a day set aside and then it has a way of trickling into every day. Everybody say every day. But it starts with practicing it. So go play tennis. Go swim. Go do volleyball. Right? Hang out and play some spades with your, with your friends. Do whatever, whatever recreation looks like to you. But in the process of recreating, recognize the goodness of God. Begins to shape your soul. And then at the end of the day, relaxation is appropriate for Sabbath rest. Tell somebody, just relax. Tell them. All right, here's an insight from Scripture that we often read and we totally miss. Jesus is on a boat one day. His disciples with him, they're in a storm. They look for Jesus, they can't find him. They go down in the bottom of the boat, they find Jesus. Anybody know what Jesus is doing? Sleeping. He's taking a nap. In a storm. So, here's the insight. If Jesus can rest, be so rested in his father, come on now, that in a storm he can take a nap on a boat that's rocking, surely you can take a nap. <laughs> For somebody here, the, the, most, the one thing you can do to glorify God the most in your life is take a nap. allows the body to rejuvenate the mind then finally last piece there's what I want to call rest in your faith you learn this if you keep the Sabbath if you practice keep the Sabbath you learn how to rest but it's 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 it's, 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 it's internalizing the goodness of God in ways that literally changes your stress level changes the competitiveness in you changes how you compare yourself to others it allows you to rest in the assurance that jesus holds my today and my tomorrow come on now all right let me give you a let me give you a practical example give you a practical example i've been preaching and pastoring for almost 30 years and like most young pastors when i started pastoring my goal was I want a pastor i want to pass a big church that's the sign of success, all that, right? I was pastoring uh, smaller churches, and early in my pastoral career, I was looking around, 
And I've been pouring myself into smaller churches and, and uh, meetings. I'm just pouring myself preaching and praying and, 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 and turning on the heating system. And, you know, you do everything when you're a small, single church pastor. You do the whole thing. Visiting sick, doing the counseling, you know, all, all that. And, and then I'm looking around at my friends and they pastor in big churches. And I'm like, what's up? I'm preaching hard, I'm praying, but how can you pass in them? And I, I happened to be there, I turned around, I was surrounded by a lot of my friends who are all big church pastors. And, 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 and so for a while, you know, that whole toil, toil, you know, I was, I'm serving God, absolutely. I'm, I'm trying to bless the kingdom, absolutely. But, 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 but isn't success, you know, in my little small mind, you know, it's about, if it's really good, it's growing. You know, in that sense, that's not one way. A few years went by. And God started to work with me. And he started to show me out of my Sabbath times, times when I slowed down, started thinking, talking to God, reflecting, asking questions, listening. God started to show me. He says, do you see all the things I'm doing in the church where you're at? Do you see all the miracles that I'm working? And after a while, I began to reach a point, watch this, where Jesus was enough. And, and I concluded that what, what, first of all, I started to enjoy what he had given me. Come on now. And I started to be even more faithful. My job was just to be faithful with what he's given me. And then I'm looking at the blessings that he's doing. And I concluded, you know what? Jesus is enough. And that if God's got something for me, I don't have to be envious of that person or jealous of that person. God's going to give it to me when it's time. Come on now. And if he doesn't have it for me, I don't want it. And then I discovered that most of the ministry in this country is done by small churches. This is an anomaly. And so my wife asked me, about six months before I ended up at Abundant Life, she said to me, because we do these check-ins, she said, are you happy? I said, baby, I am. I said, baby, you know, God has answered every prayer I've ever prayed. There's only one thing he hasn't done. He hasn't uh, called me to pastor the Lord's church. And I said, you know what? That's okay. It's cool. I said, because I, I think what's happening is the church that I'm pastoring, he's getting so much glory because it's a small church. So I said to her, basically, I was saying, you know what? Jesus is enough. To my shock, six months later, I was at Abundant Life. And two years later, I'm here. Now, here's, not, here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying, let me just manipulate God and pretend like, you know, it's okay so that he'll kind of give me what I want. No, I'm saying, I wasn't playing no games. Jesus was enough. And I just surrendered. And I said, I'm going to be faithful where you've given me. And if I die here, I'm all right. I'm all right. Because I'm serving you. And, 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 and God made the decision. All right, all right, let me put it here. That's where some of y'all are, right? This is why you're driving yourself crazy because you're working on a promotion. 
Come on now, you're trying to get a bigger salary. You're, 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 you're trying to get to the next level. Some of you, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're at stay-at-home moms, but, but you're looking at what happened to you know, other kids. How come they seem to be getting blessed? And I'm working on these kids, and I'm trying to homeschool my kids, and, and, and they're just having all kinds of trouble and all kinds of special needs. And, and, and these, the, the, the parents over there, they're just crazy, but their kids are still getting A's and B's. And, and I'm the, I don't understand what's going on with all of this. Why God? Why God? Why God? No, baby, be faithful where you are. Decide that Jesus is enough. Give him your all. Trust and then rest in the trust. Take a nap. Secondly, shout commitment. To keep the Sabbath is to have a commitment. Here's the commitment. A commitment to take a break. A commitment to play in the game, but sit on the bench. All right. You know I had to talk about the Warriors. And any of y'all coming to the newcomers event today, don't worry about it. I promise you we'll be finished at four. Because the game starts at five. I'm going to be right there experiencing the goodness of God. Come on now. <laughs> But, but I got to give you this insight. I got to give you this insight. Come on now. I got to give you this insight. Listen, I was watching this. Living out the commitment to keep the Sabbath exposes the lies in our lives. I'll tell you why. Do you know in the last game against LeBron's and the Cavaliers that Clay and Steph, the superstars, total got 20 points, but the team won by 15. The record prior to that night was if the two of them together scored 20 points, that meant the team would lose because the illusion was, y'all ain't listening to me, <laughs> is that the two of them are indispensable. That's what drives us to do crazy stuff, right? That's why we won't turn off our phone because we feel indispensable. Come on. That's why we take that extra phone call that goes for an hour because we feel in the, the devil, the enemy, our flesh, life keeps lying to us. If you don't work 10 hours, 12, 14, come on now, the business is not going to grow. You won't, you won't move in the direction God wants you to move. You're going, no, no, no. You notice how the coach... Even in a regular, they play, then they sit on the bench. Because they have to rest in order to be at their best to play some more. You see the rhythm? Work, rest, work, rest. I'm talking about the Warriors. <laughs> the other night, the other night, when the team went on a 25-point run, Clay and Steph were on the bench. I thank God they were on the bench. Because they were on the bench, it allowed Iguodawa to step up. It allowed Barnes to step up. Come on now, it allowed Bogan to step up. Come on. And we need the whole team in order to win. That's the point I'm trying to make. 
sit down and get on the bench. That allows God to raise up other people. Come on. That allows God to do work through other folk. Then when it's your time, go to the score. Shout amen. amen. There's joy on the bench. As long as you know you can get back in the game. My last point. And I'm finished. Three minutes. Leviticus 19, 9 and 10 says this. It says, when you are harvesting your crop, leave some at the edges. Don't get all the grain all the way to the edge. No, leave some at the edges. It says that when folk, uh, even when you're picking grapes, don't pick all the grapes off the vine. Leave some there. And then if the, if the harvesters drop some, leave it. Because by not pushing it towards the edge, you're leaving some space so that the poor can be fed. Y'all ain't listening. So that, so that the foreigner can be taken care of. All right, Hamilton, what's your point? Well, listen. Some of us, if you're in medical school, law school, new startup, it's, you, you're going to have a season of intense work. That doesn't stop you from building in some stops to acknowledge God, because if you're going to get through, you're going to need him. But then there's a Sabbath year, right, in the Hebrew scriptures. So you get a season of intense work, but then you got to balance that off, have somebody hold you accountable, because then you need to take a break. Throw it down at some point, right? Otherwise, you keep going. So that's the first piece. But the, the point of margin is that if I don't work all the way to the edge, maybe rather than me trying to get five things done this week, I'm just going to get two. I'm not going to push it to the edge. That creates space for me to be generous. It creates space. I've got time. I've got energy. If I don't push to the end, I've got energy for my kids. If I don't push to the end, I've got energy to serve other folk in the community. If I don't push to the end, I can be generous. I'm not woo out. And so, the teaching of this honor the Sabbath is about creating space that allows you to be generous. Now, so everybody say how. So how do I keep the Sabbath? Here's where we're going to end. I told you when we were talking about money months ago, the Bible says 10% is the tithe. But I also told you that most of you can't start from zero and go to 10. So I told you three things. I said prioritize. Everybody say prioritize. prioritize. Say percentage. percentage. Say progressive. progressive. All right, so I said number one, prioritize God. Decide ahead of time that you're going to give God a certain percentage. You pick the percentage. And then every six months, uh, once a year, move the percentage. But make sure you give God his off the top. Come on now, decide what the percentage. So start at three, then move it to five, then move it to seven, then move it to ten. But then don't just stop there because he's going to keep blessing you. You ought to keep moving it. All right. The same with the Sabbath. Some of y'all, you can't come out of your workaholism. Overnight, you're not gonna stop in one day. So, here's what I'm gonna tell you to do prioritize God, decide I'm gonna start keeping the Sabbath. 
decide on a print percentage. Say, I'm going to pick one day, and I'm going to pick not the whole day, just two hours. And in the two hours, come on now, I'm going to cut the phone off, the computer off, I'm going to leave the office. Come on, and I'm going I'm, I'm to engage the goodness of God, whether it's in recreation, whether it's in reflection. Come on now, I, I, I'm going to engage, whether it's in worship, whether it's in prayer, I'm going to engage the goodness of God, whether it's eating ice cream under the shade tree, saying, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to engage the goodness of God. Affirm relationships and family. That's your percentage. And then every few months, push it. Add another hour. Add two. Before long, maybe a year from now, uh, by the end of this year, you're giving God a whole day. And you're not just giving God a whole day. You're giving yourself a whole day. You're giving your family a whole day. And you're shaping your soul. By the gift of honoring the Sabbath. Amen. Say amen. 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 Shout amen. amen. All right. Uh, let me see this. Connect. Roll it. Okay, here's what we need you to do. Uh, for some of you, it starts with honoring the Lord of the Sabbath. That's Jesus. And you just need to say yes to him. That's where it begins. That's your first commitment. You ought to just check that. Say yes. Oh, you need more information? Check that. Some of the rest of you, at the end of this month, we're going to baptize people. I know there are some of you, you really believe you've never been baptized. You've never made a public expression of faith. And that's another step. That's another step where you invite the Holy Spirit to begin to do some stuff in your life that he hasn't already done. And so if you haven't been baptized, this is your month, I want to argue. And I want to suggest you check this and let us get you ready. We want to baptize you. You ought to just check that. That's your next step. But for some of you, it's, it's how do I start with the Sabbath? And so under the response to the message, here's what I want you to write. I want you to write. I want you to write. Put it up there. Do we have it up there? Under the response to the message, I will begin to keep the Sabbath. Everybody say begin. It may be one hour, one day a week. But start. And then see what God does. Turn this in as a sign of commitment. God bless you.